Hey, Construction Legends. So today we're going to explore why the traditional approach of lowest price technically qualified is outdated. It causes loads of issues in construction. It's just old fashioned, to be honest. And at the end, we're going to talk about if you're a main contractor or a GC or you're an owner or if you're a subcontractor too, what you can do specifically to set yourself up for success. So I was on the dark side of construction. When I mean the dark side, I mean I was on the client side of construction, which essentially is the owner or the main or general contractor, depending on where you are in the world. And so as part of that procurement process, when you're going out to the market, you have various different what they call stage gates in your process. You have like a procurement plan that you need to do. You need to have an RFA request for approval of the actual contract itself. And when you get to these stage gates, you have to sit in front of a contracts committee. And the contracts committee is like the head of legal, the head of health and safety, the head of whatever technical element it is for the project that you're working on. And you got to demonstrate to them, this is how we plan to do the procurement of this work. We're going to go to these five guys. This is the reason why we're going to these five. It's going to be lowest price technically qualified. And having done hundreds of those contracts committees, I can tell you that almost every single one was lowest price technically qualified. And so in theory, what's supposed to happen is technically, right? So we're going to go to the market. They're going to have to submit two bids. One is priced, one is unpriced. We open the unpriced one first. And all we're doing is an assessment of all the bidders to see if they're technically qualified. Are they able to functionally do the work? Have they got the bank account to be able to handle the work? Have they got the works, too much work in the pipeline? Can they technically do all the stuff that we need to do? Have they got the equipment? All of that's stuff needs to happen in that technically qualified section. Doesn't always, it, only if it's done in the right way that that will happen. That's what's supposed to happen. And then the people that make it through that process will then open the bids and you'll take the lowest price of whoever got through that essentially. And that's lowest price technically qualified. But what ends up happening more often than not, and we have to remember that the bids that are received are sales pitches. All of them are putting their best foot forward. We can do everything. We have like, we have loads of capacity. We are there. Everyone's thinking, I don't have capacity now, but I'll hire for the job if I win the job. Everyone hires for the job. People don't always sit around with all the employees they need waiting for a big job. That doesn't happen. They go and hire people, they get equipment, and they man up and like equipment up for the projects that they need. And so with that assumption that everyone is doing that, then what people are saying if they're able to do the work kind of doesn't really matter, or you can't actually tell what's happening. And what happens is the guy who wins the bid is the guy who probably underpriced the bid or made a mistake pricing the bid or whatever. But his margin is going to be razor thin anyway. And if you have got a razor thin margin, you're not going to deliver a great project. You're not going to be incentivized to do the work and you'll end up essentially is going to be a cost overrun. And so that's typically what ends up happening on almost every construction project is that it goes to this particular person who's the cheapest and in theory is technically qualified, but say, in my opinion, would not be technically qualified if you actually understood what it was they're doing. If we're taking into account that they're going to go and hire all of these people and they're going to have to go and get all this additional equipment that they don't currently have. That's from my perspective. That's, that's why I believe it fails almost every single time. You always end up going over budget. Like almost every every single one goes over budget. If there's changes or whatever. And so many times the subcontractor that wins the work is incompetent because the best construction companies out there have got two things in common. They've been in business a long time. They do one thing. Those companies charge a lot of money and they have a high margin. And because they have a high margin, deliver a good product and a good service and can do 
that over a long period of time. The companies that are playing this lowest price, technically qualified game, razor thin margins, and it's very tricky business to win at in that game. It's like, it's, you know, you are cut price. We're doing everything cheapest and as we possibly can. And then someone's going to undercut you. If, if you're just the cheapest, someone's going to come in and be cheaper than you eventually. And so, so what can you do? One is you can submit an alternative bid. So with an alternative bid, essentially what you can do is you can say, okay, well, in exchange for maybe cash up front, prepayment, we'll knock 5% off the total contract value. And then you give them a model that goes through the total cost of ownership. So total cost of ownership is how much it's actually going to cost. And you would propose an argument that total cost of ownership will be cheaper for them in this scenario that you're giving rather than the other way. So you can basically use that as a sales pitch. Alternative bid is always a good thing to do. It makes you seem a lot smarter. Even if they don't go with that proposal, they can understand where you're coming from. And it's definitely something they will talk about and they'll get you in their faces, which is great. Or you can get you called in for a technical clarification meeting, which is essentially a chance for you to meet them and a bit more of a sales pitch for you. The next main thing is you really got to move away from bidding for work as your only acquisition channel. If bidding is your only acquisition channel, then you have to play this game of bidding. And the guy who's going to win it is the lowest price guy. So you could do an amazing job and someone could like make a mistake in their bidding process, underbid the job and then win the job and then go and say, oh, we didn't price this and we need to get blah, blah, blah or whatever. And the big argument in the post-award phase and maybe they get additional money or maybe they don't, whatever happens. But that's the game you're playing. You lost out on fairly, even though that you probably had the best service, the best equipment, just because you were in that bidding war, basically, you didn't come out on top. So developing all of these large companies, the guys that do been around for a long, long time, they have so many different acquisition channels. They do still bid for work, without a doubt. Of course, they bid for work, but they also have a huge amount of referrals. They also have a huge amount of relationships that develop, develop from repeated work. They also have different acquisition channels via social media and different marketing campaigns or a very famous company in Ireland when I, when I was growing up was a company called Bruce Shaw and they had a handbook that was the cost per square meter of whatever, build a house, build a road, whatever. And this came out every year as their marketing material and it made them look like the experts in like costing, which they were, and that got them loads of work from that particular thing. People sole sourced them because they wanted the expertise. So if you can decommoditize your offer to make sure that you're viewed as a construction company that is better, that has done great work, and then you rely more on relationships and those different acquisition channels rather than bidding, you'll do far better off. You've just got one bidding channel, very, you're one bad project away from it going very bad. And so suggest that you diversify a little bit and get more than one acquisition channel. That's it for this one, and I'll catch you next.